I'm John Wilson. Welcome to Owned and Operated. Twice a week, we talk about home service businesses. And if you're a home service entrepreneur, then this is going to be the show for you. We talk about our own business in residential plumbing, HVAC, and electric. And we also talk about business models that we just find interesting. Let's get into it. If you're a home service entrepreneur that's just starting out, or is early on in the journey and you haven't broken the $5 million revenue mark, we've got an event for you. This spring in Cleveland, March 19th to the 21st, we're hosting an event at my office. It's going to be awesome. Honestly, some of the most impactful visits of my career have been visits to companies that were larger than we were, that we could take lessons from and see how they're doing stuff. Like get a behind the scenes look. How are they structuring warehouse? How are they thinking about call center? Can I talk to their managers? Can I understand what their KPIs are? We're going to dive into all that stuff. We are here to help people get above 5 million in revenue. So join us in Akron, Ohio, March 19th to the 21st for a breaking 5 million event. Love to see you there. Details are ownedandoperated.com. Today on Owned and Operated, we have Johnny Robertson. Johnny was on our show two, three years ago, and this was so much fun to bring him back on and talk about everything that's changed. So I would encourage you before you listen to this episode, check out the last episode with Johnny, where we dive into his business that he has since sold and launched several others. Welcome back to Owned and Operated. So today we have a returning guest back from 2021, Johnny Robinson or Squeegee God on Twitter. We talked about power washing and window cleaning at the time, like two years ago. So we're excited to bring him back on to talk about what he's been up to over the past couple of years. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, man. It's been a, a long time. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It seems like you guys have, have done some damage in the podcast world. I saw you guys on the top of the charts. So that and was cool to see. We're trying. We're, we're having fun. It's an every Wednesday hobby that occasionally we get popular for. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. We just redropped your last episode and it was a fun one to re-listen to because we were talking to some other guests and we were going through that that business a little bit. But could you give us a little bit of the origin story for people that missed that last drop? Definitely. Back in 2019 or 2017, I was 19 years old, just graduated high school, was going to college and worked my first job as a lifeguard was like Took over my mom's car payments. They were like $460 a month. I was in Southern California. I was making like $800 a month after tax or something. And I, I was telling my mom like, hey, this isn't working out. I'm just going to work to pay for this car basically. And she's like, hey, like that's life. Welcome to life. So I'm like, yeah, there's got to be a better way than this. So I get this bright idea to start a window cleaning company with my best friend, Sergio, who's still my business partner to this day. And he's my best friend growing up all through middle school, high school. And we were like, hey, let's start this window cleaning business. So with 150 bucks, we bought some polos from Walmart and some squeegees off Amazon. And we started knocking on doors and little donut shops, liquor stores here and there. And eventually built that business up, learned about Google My Business and building reputation and hiring and marketing and sales and learned all this stuff. And eventually grew that business to about $65,000 a month, which was when I, I think was on that first owned and operated episode. I was still running the window cleaning business. Yeah, still actively running it, which you've had a big change since, I think. So, but yeah, still in it. Yeah, yeah. I was still, still very much in it. And I think we still had like big goals to grow. And I started tweeting about how I was running this window cleaning business remotely. 
and people were eating it up just like follower count was growing like crazy like how do i do it how do i do it and i was like what the heck like what do people really want to know how to build a window cleaning business okay like this is kind of interesting but it was weird because we switched our whole model from hiring w2 employees because starting with 150 dollars it was really difficult for us and being really young we couldn't get lines of credit anywhere. We couldn't finance any new vehicle purchases. It was all through the profits we're making in the business. So the whole four and a half years we were like building this business, it was just scraping by. Every time we would make money, it was right back into another truck. Next month it was wrapping that truck. Then it was getting all the proper equipment for that truck. You know what I mean? And so we're like, man, this is eating us up. On top of that, workers comp for window cleaning is ridiculous. We're paying like $22 for every $100 of payroll uh, that we processed. That's wild. And you were in, what was the city? I was in Orange, California, so Orange County, okay. California. Yeah. Yeah, and we shopped it around too. We couldn't get anything better than than what we were getting. And so it was just ridiculous trying to operate that business, especially with two partners. And one day, one of our old employees that left to do his own thing was like, hey, if you ever need help, I'll do a job, not as an employee, but you just pay me 50%. And I was like, I'll never do that. You're not going to show up with my wrap and my truck and follow my procedures. So I'm not going to do that. And then one day we had bought another window cleaning business that had these big commercial accounts, these big universities, and we were servicing those and we were fully staffed. I was in the field, Sergio was in the field helping out, but we still had two more trucks of residential that we needed to service, which I had no idea how we were going to do. And so then I had the idea, I was like, oh, let me call Victor. And I was like, can you go do this job? It was like a $4,000 pressure washing job. It was pressure washing, window cleaning, gutters, the whole shebang. And uh, he's like, oh, I, I got you. Don't worry about it. Shows up to the job. Two days later, he comes to our yard and he hands me a check for four grand. And I'm like, wow, I didn't have to like pay for your equipment, pay for your gas. I didn't have to do any of that. And the customer seems happy. So immediately switched everything to contractors and we were super profitable. We started making more money and we didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. And I started tweeting about it. You said no equipment. So like they were driving their own trucks. They had their own equipment. You were just lead gen basically for these contractors. We, we're still to this day, if you look up Orange Window Clean, the business is still around. We're still number one. You search up Window Cleaning Orange County. We show up first page of Google, top of the bat pack. And we essentially use that to just, yeah, lead gen. And, and we still had some ads running on Yelp and stuff. That was really helpful. But we started brokering out the jobs. And we're really good at communication and setting expectations. And we knew who we were bringing on and vetted the contractors. So the customers didn't really care that it wasn't somebody in like an Orange Window Cleaning wrap showing up. It just came really down to us setting expectations really well. And we were good at doing that. And we we're good at selling the jobs. Was that like video or email or how did you set the expectations so well? All over the phone. Okay. And through having CRM, we had all the contractors. We would assign the jobs through the CRM just like we would. And we would ask them first, hey, can you take this? Yeah, okay, boom. They would have the app, House Call Pro is what we used. And they would accept it. And then they would show up, do the job. And we would do a quality assurance check. And the contractors knew um, based on the agreement they would sign, which is like, hey, this is what our customers expect, right? So just do make sure you do that because that's what they expect. And um, it would get done. What's the split now? Do you still have employees or are they all contractors 100%? Yeah, they're all contractors. So I can get into it a little bit more. We actually ended up pretty quickly. I don't remember what month we recorded that last episode, John. But pretty quickly after that, Sergio sold that business to one of the contractors, actually. He still runs it full time to this day. And we ended up using that model to launch a house cleaning business because people were asking us, how can we do it? How can we do it? But window cleaning is not going to work everywhere just because it's any of us can go to Home Depot right now and pick up everything you need to clean a house. You can't do the same thing for window cleaning. You need specialty equipment if you want to do these larger jobs. And so it just wouldn't work anywhere except for major metros. 
And so I was like, you know where it would work though is house cleaning. And at the time, my mom was still driving uh, Uber full time. So what we did was like, let's call our shot on Twitter. Let's say we're going to take this business to 20K a month in 90 days. And let's see if we can do it to validate the model. And so that's what we did. We started a house cleaning business for my mom to essentially just answer the calls and broker out the jobs and try to retire her from having to drive Uber. Let's see if we could replace her income. And we opened up a brand new Amex through $2,000 of ad spend right on Yelp, just like we did with the window cleaning business. And that business did 20K in, in the second month, 12K first month, four grand profit, 20K the second month, with eight grand of profit. And we're like, holy crap, we got something. And then still to this day, this was a little over two years ago, we just closed out marrying a mop last year at 300K and my mom made 150 grand in taxable income. So I'm super proud of that because it's the most money she's ever made and she still runs the cleaning business and it's all she does. To answer your original question, Jack, uh, yeah, it's all 100% contractor, contractor based. The legal actual name for the model is called a referral agency, at least in California. So there's specific rules you have to abide by when you operate that kind of business. But 100% uh, contractors, they get paid a percentage of the job. They don't get paid hourly. Our contractors at Marion Mop get paid 40%. Uh, you'll see like 50% thrown around. We just find that 50% is way too impactful on the gross margin to be super profitable. So we dialed that back, if that answers your question. You actually answered two of my questions because the other question I was going to have following up was how are you getting around the specialty laws in California specifically? But it sounds like you've got it dialed in. That's awesome. John, can you do this for HAC? I'm like fascinated by this in general. So the thing you just did with cleaning, like does your mom own 100% of the business and you've just been helping or like what's the capital stack look like? The business legally under our LLC and we should open a new DBA for it. Yeah. But eventually it got to be a pain in the ass because I was sending my mom money back and forth. I had access yeah. to the bank account. So she just opened up a new LLC, transferred everything over to her. And I really don't do much in the business. She handles everything. I try to help her out, but she's 65 years old and like it's tough to, to give her some advice sometimes because she mm -hmm. thinks she knows everything, but it is what it is. You know, she's mm -hmm. at 30K a month. She makes good money. It's fine. That was something I thought about doing like a year ago. I didn't think about doing it for or with a sibling or like a parent, but that sounds like fun. We were talking at the office and we we're like, what would be interesting is what if we just built a business and gave it away just to like prove that I'm pretty sure I can do this. And it sounds like you did. Like, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like Brock house cleaning. And, and you got you guys know you're in home service. A lot of the industry is mom and pop solo guys that don't. Yeah, you know, they've got a good mm -hmm. paying job when they're happy with that. It's no different in cleaning. It's probably even more so in cleaning where you have a bunch of people operating off of referrals. They don't want to market. They don't really care about selling. They don't charge well enough prices to ever grow the business. And they just want to show up and do the job. Yeah, definitely. Hey, this episode is sponsored by Service Scalers. So Service Scalers is actually a brand that I've used personally with our companies for a little bit over a year now. They've helped us manage our digital advertising. Frankly, they did a lot better than our last agency. Leads went through the roof and cost per click went way down. Check out Service Scalers if you're a plumbing, HVAC, or electrical home service company. That's what they knock out of the park and they did a great job for me. We talked to Liam Kircher and I think you guys are friends or tangential in some way. And a, it was a few years ago and Bryant Solentrop, this was back in 21 when he was running his cleaning thing, but a big focus on how they were sourcing labor for the cleaning business was like very intentionally, this is a side hustle. It was a side hustle for their labor. Is that how you guys tend to find them too? Or are these like full-time 50, 60 hour a week cleaners? So because they're contractors, you tend to have both. 
it really depends where you look. There's kind of two ways to do it. You have like the free and the pay. You have like the outbound and the inbound if this were sales. You have the outbound where you say, hey, I'm going to go to these local Facebook groups and I'm going to make posts and ask for referrals for cleaners. And then all the info you get, you're going to call and text and see if they're looking for more work. Or you can go to someplace like Indeed or any job board and say, hey, I'm hiring on a contract basis. And that would be more inbound where you're interviewing them and vetting them. Whereas the outbound, you're looking on Facebook next door, places like care.com, uh, housekeeper.com. Those places are going to be very like, you got to sell them on the opportunity a little bit. And those ones that you find are going to be a lot more likely to already have a schedule. And so you're figuring out like, okay, what days can you work? What days can you not work? Whereas indeed, you have a higher likelihood to find uh, cleaning crews. Like we've got companies that have three, four person cleaning crews that are knocking out big construction cleanup jobs on the 40-60 split. Whereas indeed, you're going to find the solo people more full-time, work 40, 50 hours a week. Yeah. So the first month was 12,000. The second was 20. It's now, you said 300 last year. So what is that, like 25,000 a month or so? It fluctuates between about 25, 30 a month. Yeah. Depending. Now that we're coming into spring, it's going to shoot up. I think she'll crack into the 35, 40. She's going to be constrained there though, because she needs to get off the phones. She still answered the phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to get some overseas talent in there and, and she thought it was going to be a magic bullet. Yeah. And it's like, just go back to answering the phones. <laughs> yeah. She blowing yeah. my phone out complaining. So getting out of Uber driving though and making 150K a year is, is life changing though. Is she trying to scale it? She says she wants to. I know what it takes to grow it. Exactly. And she doesn't. I've even tried putting her with some of our coaches who've helped clean businesses get way past that and she doesn't want to listen. So I'm not here to bash though. I love her. I love her to death. She's killing yeah. it. But <laughs> yeah. you guys know, you got to put some things in place if you want to get past that. Yeah. All right. So you built one, uh, you sold it, you built another, you gave it away. And I know now you've sort of alluded to it, but you have like a program that helps people do this. But did you build others before doing that? Like, did you go and launch any more individual locations? So what we did was we had the orange window cleaning, then we had Mary in a mop, sold orange window cleaning, Mary mop still around, but I don't do anything with it. Then what we did was after we had live tweeted that whole Mary in a mop thing, the demand was just DMs were blowing up. So I was like, hey, look, I'm taking 15 people and I'm cutting it off after 15 people. And what I did was just pre-sell this one year long coaching thing to see if we could get results for people. And that's what we did. I sat there for two weeks straight and I just had calls with a bunch of different people and we ended up filling up all 15 slots. And so for the next three months from January to the end of March, we didn't sell anybody new. This is 2022, beginning of 2022. Were they all like brand new entrepreneurs or was this like, I have something, but I'm not doing it? All of them were brand new from scratch. Okay. So all of them had jobs or something going on day to day yeah. and we're building this on the side. And what happened was we ended up selling 15 of them and Sergio and I built it in a weekend and <laughs> we were like, all right, we're going to see if we can get results. And so that's what we did for from January to the end of March. We saw if we get results and we crushed it for them. And, and we had people get into, you know, 10, the first 10K, first 20K in a month. And uh, we're like, okay, well, let's open this up. And <laughs> before we thought about infrastructure and hiring and everything, we're like, holy crap, like the margins on this is amazing because we're selling information. We pre-sold $30,000 or $50,000 in two weeks of contracts. We collected 30 of that in two weeks, which is like, you know how many windows we had to clean (laughs) to make that much in profit? It was like mind boggling. And so this is it. This is the business. We'll go all in and I'll get to it because like 
it's not all sunshines and rainbows. I'll give you guys all the details uh, about what it's like behind the scenes of selling a, a program business or like a guru business because it's actually a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. But we pre-sold all that. And then once we got results, we're like, all right, let's just take all this capital we've accumulated and let's just deploy it into building a team and scaling it just like we did the last business, which was orange window cleaning. And that's what we did. We ended up actually from April to December, we ended up taking that business from zero to 2.8 million in nine months. And went from like zero to we have about 26 or so full-time employees based in the U.S. right now. That's a lot. And wait, what was the revenue run rate again? It was zero to 2.8 million in nine months from April to December. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I just think cleaning's fascinating. So I met someone here locally. It's a guy named Jacob. But yeah, I just think the cleaning business is fascinating. And it must be that it is approachable. Like there's no licensure you can do subcontract or W-2. It's not like a highly skilled labor. I think high trust is probably a really big thing that you have to hire for. I know that like I'm booked up about who we let up in our home to do our cleaning. But like I know people not even from like the Twitter, like, hey, you can run a remote cleaning business. They have launched a remote cleaning business. Am I roughly right that it's not like I know you're here to like coach and like you do all this stuff, but is it as not complicated as it seems? I'll say it's simple, but just like any business, you're going to have your pains in the ass. Like you're dealing with cleaning labor. That is the biggest pain in the ass in this business. Every business has it, but by far what everyone struggles with is the hiring. But on the flip side, I really like it. I'm super convicted in cleaning me personally. We're going to launch a chain of cleaning companies this year, actually. So we're working on that. And it's a really cool business, especially if you want to get an entrepreneurship, you don't know what to start. You learn all the core skills that you need to because you're not like you don't want to go and clean houses or anybody can go clean a house. You're not going to really learn much doing that. But say you've got a nine to five and you're like, hey, I don't know what to start, but I need like 15 to 20 hours a week to start something with cleaning. You're hiring contractors, so you don't have to like purchase any equipment or spend your time training them. And you learn the skill of hiring. You learn the skill of hiring cleaning labor, which is even harder. And then you also have to learn sales because you can spend the money on the leads and you'll get the leads. Everybody searches for house cleaning. But if you can't close the leads, then you're not going to make any money and you're going to just be burning money on ad spend every month. And then you learn the marketing component. You learn how to generate leads. And then you learn all the operations and the systems behind coordinating the jobs with the cleaners. It does. And I, I think you're right. That's like a gateway drug. What makes cleaning labor so difficult. As someone who's only ever hired like a cleaning company to do it, I've never hired a cleaner. I hired a janitor for our business, but that that's like, that's it. Yeah. You typically deal with just like you're hiring anyone. You, you got to sift through the, the shit. It's like the 80, 20, 80% of people you talk to are going to suck. 20% are going to be good. I would say probably 90% suck. 10% are going to be good. And if you're going to want to trust someone and build a good reputation in your area, uh, you're going to want to background check them. You're going to want to make sure they have their insurance. And uh, that's really hard to come by. And I could tell you tons of stories. We had one person who had a cleaning business down in San Diego and <laughs> he hired these people and they showed, they didn't have a vacuum and they showed up and they took, they're taking their broom and they're <laughs> sweeping the carpet to, to get the oh my God. <laughs> stuff out of the carpet. If you don't do a good job vetting on the front end, you're going to deal with stuff like that because jobs like this tend to attract a lot of people who are just getting back on their feet, I'll say, at least from what yeah, I've seen. I can understand that. How does like handy thumbtack i'm sure there's others are those like helpful to a cleaning business as lead sources or are those competition no i would say thumbtack's helpful handy we don't use too much 
Thumbtack is very area dependent from what I've seen. Works some places as well, other places it doesn't. I don't know what it is. A lot of these platforms are dependent on search volume. And for whatever reason, California might like Yelp is a great example. Yelp has a lot of users in California. If you look up any home service yeah. in California on Yelp, you're going to see thousands of reviews. I remember ads. this specifically from our last podcast. And still, like to this day, my mind is blown because Yelp in Ohio is like nothing. This is what I had to learn to move from California to Nashville was in California. It's a big thing. Get to Nashville. Nothing. Not used at all. And Nextdoor is the big one for us. Yeah, Nextdoor is the big one here. So I would say for Thumbtack, it's very area dependent. What's universal right now is Google local service ads. Mm -hmm. Everybody just prints off Google local service ads. But now that everyone's using it, it's like just like any other ad platform, you're going to get higher lead costs the more and more that people yeah. use it. What's the cost of a lead? Like I know it's like geographically dependent, but like roughly. We're seeing anywhere 40 to 60 right now. When we started, it was oh, like wow. 10, 10 to 30. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So you got to be really good at sales to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, you do. What, do. what are the other things that cleaning companies can do to like drive leads? LSA would have been my first thought. And I assumed it was going to be like seven to 10 bucks a lead. Oh God, no, I wish, That's man. 2019 numbers, man. It's rookie yeah. numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you got all the people coming up yeah. tweeting about, oh, I'm, I want to start a cleaning business, right? It's getting yeah. a lot of popularity. So you got a lot of these cleaning businesses that are signing up for it. As far as lead generation goes, we're big on organic next door to what Jack was saying works really well. We hardly run any ads on Marion Moff as an example. We generate all our stuff off next door posts. So once you get that flywheel going in a local group like next door or Facebook, and you can get a customer to post a testimonial for you, everybody that likes that is now a lead. Everybody that engages and comments with it is now a lead. And we just train our people to reach out to every single person that engages with any post that you're mentioning and say if they're interested in house clean. And you don't pay anything other than your time to generate that. We've tested Facebook a little bit. We've had some people have success with Facebook. The problem with Facebook is, you know, your close rate's going to be drastically lower than something that's like a Yelp or a Google LSA because they're already searching for it. You're trying to convince them to get off Facebook and call your cleaning company. So you got to be really good at sales and have a process around that to make it work. So if someone's just starting out, I don't recommend it. But as you start to grow and you need another lead source, Facebook works really well. And if you can close them at a good rate, you get a cheap CAC or low CAC. Uh, but those are the big ones we see right now. Outbound is big too. Building relationships with people like realtors, builders that can give you construction cleans because those are going to be really high ticket, you know, 1500 to 3K a pop to do a construction cleanup. Property managers are great. Apartment complexes. What does the competition look like in the area? We talked with Tim Poole a few episodes ago and he was mentioning- I, I keep saying Tim Poole, but it's Tim Ryan. It's so just Tim like Ryan Tim and the pool. Right? Yeah. 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 Just like Johnny Squeegee. Like I'm going to say that forever probably. <laughs> Point being is minus the name mix up. Tim Pool, I'm sticking with it. He was talking about how private equity has started moving into the pool business in the recent years and it's actually caused a ton of competition to spring up. Is that why you're seeing the higher cat costs or is it a competition increase from individuals or is a higher competition increase from private equity and, and roll up groups? I don't see a lot of news about PE coming into the space. I don't know why, to be quite honest with you, as far as why they're not coming in. But for the reason the lead costs are rising is because I think cleaning is getting popular, especially on the internet. There's a lot of people making content now about cleaning. They got in early and now there's a lot of people who like, I'm seeing people who've like engaged with my stuff two years ago when I was tweeting about it. And now they're like tweeting about how they're 40K a month, you know? So it's really cool. And then cleaning Twitter exists now. 
I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there's a lot of house cleaning business owners on Twitter. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And um, I think this, the more people getting on LSA is, is what's causing that to rise. I mean, you see it with Meta, you see it with YouTube and Google, the more people start to use it, just like any other ad platform. There's a bunch of businesses that I've seen that have become more popular than I ever really thought they were. Like cleaning definitely took me by surprise, but there's a lot of content around cleaning. So I'm like, okay, that, that makes sense. Tree trimming, that one's taken me totally by surprise. But that has like taken off purely because of LSAs, as far as I can tell. What was the other one? There was another one that was just like, it was LSA enabled, where I'd never even heard of it. And then LSAs came out and boom, now it's a thing. I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of power washing and gutter cleaning on the timeline though. Yes. Or like Christmas lights. I don't know if that's LSAable, but I see that everywhere. <laughs> Christmas lights. Yeah, I was seeing a lot of Christmas lights. I saw a dude on there. Actually, he was one of our buddies. We went to the same college, start, same age, started the window cleaning business at the same time. Yeah. He ended up sticking with it and we follow each other on Twitter. The guy did like 650,000 in lights in six months. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Christmas lights. Wild. Yeah. That was part one with Johnny Robinson. Tune in on Thursday where we talk about part two. Thanks for tuning in to Owned and Operated, the podcast for home service entrepreneurs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the like button and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out. You can find me on Twitter at at Wilson Companies. I'll see you next time.